welcome, 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 welcome once again to being effective. I hope you had a fantastic week or day. Today we will be starting or getting into our second installment of our teaching, Defending the Faith from the Book of Jude. Uh, today we will be covering some elementary doctrine that we should be defending as Christians. These doctrines are considered to be non-negotiables. I hope you grab a pen, a notebook, and your Bible as we get into the world. Stay tuned for another episode of Being Effective. Let's get into the world. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I truly hope that you got yourself your Bible, your pen, and your notebook. We will not waste any time. We're going to try to get straight into the Word. I will be giving a lot of scriptures today, but I will not be literally reading them. I will trust you will make note of it. You will listen to this podcast and to, to make note of the scriptures, and you can study it on your own. As I said, this is the second installment of Defending the Faith. Uh, last week, I, I covered a lot and I spoke uh, about three elements, why it's necessary, the necessity of defending the faith, and three principles I give about uh, the necessity. And we were looking in, in the book of Jude, and Jude make a statement here in Jude chapter, it's Jude is one chapter, he said uh, in verse 3, and I'm going to just read it over for, uh, just for re- repetition purposes, he said, Beloved, and I'm reading from the New American Standard here. He said, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt, felt the necessity to write to you, appealing to, to you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once handed down to all the saints. The faith. The faith. Now, in our faith, there are certain teaching, doctrine, that we holds to be the elements, the foundation of being a Christian or being part of the Christian church. And these are the doctrines I want to share with us today. They are considered to be foundational or unnegotiable doctrine. We don't budge in these things. Unless we are, we are proven by scripture that these doctrines are wrong, we will not remove from these points. In other words, these are non-negotiable. We don't negotiate these principles. Or we shouldn't not negotiate them. And these principles I'm going to share with you and uh, take some note and let's get right into it. All of these principles, once again, as I mentioned, are found in the Word of God and we will not move from them unless we are proven by Scripture and Scripture alone that they are not doctrines. So James said, Jude, sorry, Jude said to defend the faith. What are some of the things that we are to defend in our 21st century? You know, as, as we, we begin to consider, we see all these strange doctrines that are being, ara- being raised arise in our 21st century. We as believers, or if you're coming into the church, you must understand the foundation things, the elementary things of the faith, the things that will help us hold us together. One of the most important things in the building is the foundation. And I believe believers, Christians, we are to have a solid foundation. And we are to understand the basic foundational principle of our faith. 
So this in this episode, I will attempt to share with you 16 truths that are foundational. I might, it might sound like I'm going through them a little quick because I, I have um, a limited time. But I want you to take note of them and especially write the scriptures down. The first elementary doctrine that we hold to be truth and that's non-negotiable, that the word of God, the scriptures, the Bible, is, a, is inspired. Firstly, the word of God or the scriptures are inspired. Both Old and New Testament are verbally inspired of God. And they are the revelation of God to mankind. So we believe that the word of God, or what we call the Bible, the written word of God, is inspired by God and is the revelation of God to mankind. The word of God is God revealing his thinking of his thoughts towards mankind, to man. And it is perfect. Know this. The word of God, it is perfect. You can, it would not contradict itself. It has authority for rule of faith and conduct. And the scripture to support these points will be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Look at those scriptures. You will see everything that I just mentioned to you about the, about the word of God being inspired, about it being a revelation of God to mankind about it being perfect, has the authority of faith to give authority to give rule of faith and of conduct. You will find it in these scriptures. The second elementary truth I want to talk with us today, that we know of I'm sorry, we know of course that the word of God is inspired. It's from God. It's God bred God bred into mankind. Holy men of all moved by the Holy Spirit, or as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit and the wrote the scriptures. And the scripture is God's message to mankind. Now we hold this to be true. This is non-negotiable. And this is one of the things we must defend. You know when you have a conversation with people sometimes, they try to attack the relevancy of the word of God. But if we hold this to be non-negotiable, that God, the Bible is an inspired book from God. It's God's revelation to mankind. Do not move from that, believer. And this is what you ought to defend. Defend that. The second thing, that there is one God, one true God, one true God. We believe that God, there is one true God as I said, He revealed Himself as an eternal self-existing God. You know, He said to Moses, and Moses asked Him, Who shall I say send me? He said to Moses, Say, I am that I am. He is a, the I am that I am is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And everything that we see or know, the universe and everything there is, He created. But also, He is the Redeemer of mankind. He also further revealed Himself as the embodied principal relationship as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, better known as the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity, we would not find the word Trinity in the scriptures, but it's a concept, a theological concept, meaning one tree in one. And the scripture to support that there's one true God will be Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Isaiah 
43, verse 10 and 11, and Matthew 28, verse 19. So we believe we're defending that the, the Word of God has been inspired by God, that there's one true God that manifests or, or reveals Himself in the embodied principal relationship as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or better known as the Trinity. Thirdly, the third elementary doctrine that we hold daily and we should not negotiate, is non-negotiable, is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, He is God. Jesus was not just a man. He was not just a prophet. He was not an apostle, an apostle but He was God. The Bible said, in the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we believe that the locus, the Word of God, became flesh and manifest himself around us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the scripture declared Jesus Christ to be the eternal Son of God, as declared. And let's go through these several, several sub-points quickly, because time is going so fastly here. It's virgin birth, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Luke 1, 31-35. His sinless life, Hebrews 7, 26, and 1 Peter 2, 22. His miracles, oh, his miracles are so much in the gospel. But you can just look at Acts 22, Acts 2, verse 22, and Acts 10, 38. The work on the cross, he taking the place of mankind on the cross. 1 Corinthians, 5, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, and 2 Corinthians 5, 21. His body resurrection, his body resurrection from the dead. We believe that the Christianity is built on this fundamental belief that Jesus Christ he died on the cross, but he not only died on the cross, but he was physically resurrected from the dead. Matthew 28, verse 6, 1 Corinthians 15, 4. And we also further believe in his deity that he is exalted at the right hand of God the Father. According to Acts chapter 1, verse 9 and 11, and Acts chapter 2, verse 33, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, and Hebrews 1 and verse 3. So these are non-negotiable truths that I'm talking about today. That Jesus Christ is God. We believe that. Fourthly, another elementary doctrine that we should consider non-negotiable is that the fall of mankind. Man can fall. Now in the original God said, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness, God created man as a perfect being upright and good but God gave man something that is called a free will however man with this free will voluntarily transgress against God's law although he was tempted and tricked by the serpent with the devil possessed the serpent but it was a voluntary cho cho choice of mankind of Adam and Eve to voluntarily disobey God when they disobey God it not only brings physical death, but also brings spiritual death, which is separation from God. The foundation of this is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And Romans 5, 12 to 19. So mankind fall. We believe that mankind has fallen. God created mankind as a perfect being. And because of sin... Mankind is in the stage that we are today. Which brings me to my fifth point. The salvation of mankind. Or the redemption of man. 
Now, just because man fall doesn't mean there's no hope. God declared in Genesis, the seed of the woman will bruise, will crush the head of the serpent. You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. God declared there's salvation for mankind. This is another non-negotiable truth. We don't budge from this. There is salvation. There is a hope of redemption for mankind. But the only way mankind can be redeemed to God, the only way for salvation to mankind, and we ought to be believers, we ought to be unapologetic about this. We have to be, see this, uh, this is a non-negotiable point. The only way mankind can be redeemed to God is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We must accept the work of Jesus Christ. That is the condition for salvation. Salvation is received therefore through the repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. When we do this, the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit brings the justified, by, make us to be, to be justified through the grace and faith. Hence we become heir of God and according to the scripture, hope of eternal life. That's the condition of salvation. Luke chapter 24, verse 47. John chapter 3, verse 3. Romans 10, verse 13 to 15. Titus 2, 11. And Titus 3, 5 to 7. And I'm going to just throw in there Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. You can check all those scriptures. The evidence of salvation. How do we know that someone is saved? Subpoint so number 2, according to for the salvation of mankind. Is the inward evidence of salvation is the direct witness of God's Spirit, based on Romans 8, verse 16. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You could continue to read that entire chapter. It's a very wonderful chapter. And, there's a, and also, not only is the, the direct witness of the inward, uh, direct witness of the Spirit inwardly, but also there's an outward evidence to all men that is a life of righteousness and true holiness we begin to live different all right ephesians chapter 4 verse uh, 24 and titus chapter 2 verse 12 also so friends these are some the unnegotiable truth that i'm going through today and i it is sometimes this might not seem to be the most excited teaching but it is definitely necessary based on the topic that we're talking about defending the faith we ought to know some of the elementary thing that we ought to defend now, uh, I'm just going to throw this in here. There, there are certain uh, little things that, you know, you could give and take it's based on conviction and so forth that we can debate about. But these fundamental truth, elementary truth, there should not be any debate over it. Unless we can be proven directly from Scripture that they are wrong, these are non-negotiable. Alright? So, sixthly, sixthly, I'm going to run through this one quickly because most of us know, should know this. We have two ordinances in the church, and this is another fundamental doctrine. That is of water baptism. And we believe water baptism to be this. To be the complete submersion in the water. When one repent of the sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are to be baptized. And the second ordinance of the church that we do believe and we hold as a sacred order, sacred just as much as water baptism, is that of communion, holy communion. Which is the elements of the bread and the fruit of the wine, which is a symbol of of us expressing our sharing in the divine nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, based on 2 Peter 1 verse 4. 
Jesus said, do this as often as you can in remembrance, in remembrance of me. Uh, we know the bread is a type of his broken body and the wine is a type of his shed blood. And we hold these to be truth. All right. I hope you're getting this, friends. I hope you, you're soaking this in as I am enjoying this and I'm going over this with you. It's just a, a fundamental thing that's very important for us to understand. Let's go to the next one, number seven. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe that and we hold this to be true. Most of those of us who come from the Pentecostal background, we hold this to be true. That all believers are entitled and should expect and honestly seek the promise of the Father, that of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire according to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this was a normal experience, and, and I'm com- currently in my in my devotion at home. I'm in the book of Acts, and uh, the book of Acts, and, and the Acts of or some people call the Acts of the Apostles. And you see, this was a common phenomenon in, 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 in the book of Acts. The believers were all baptized and full of the Holy Ghost. When they, they stand up to preach or to teach, they had the Holy Ghost. And friend, we all should seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is critical for us. This is the this comes with the empowerment for life and service. And God bestowed his gift upon us to be used in ministry and the work of the ministry. We need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And friends, this is another non-negotiable truth. We ought to hold these things to be so. Now there's a lot of scripture I can give for this, but let's let's just give you a few here. Look, look at Luke 24, for, uh, verse 49, where Jesus said, Promise again, promise, but you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 8. And one Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I love that scripture. You shall receive power, tunamous power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, talk when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we become receive power. In other words, you can become effective in your life. All right? Because of time, there's a lot more scripture I can give to you, but because of time, I'm just going to go to the next point. We also believe, and we hold this thing to, this to be true, that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a physical evidence as demonstrated in the scripture, that is a physical sign of speaking with other tongues. As the Holy Ghost, as God, the Spirit of God, give us utterance, based on Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 4 to 10 and 28. Although this, that's alright, still, we believe that to be true also. Ninthly, and time is going so quickly here. Ninthly, we believe in sanctification. Sanctification is an act of separation from evil and dedication unto God. Once again, sanctification is the act of separation from evil or from bad things and to dedication unto God, based on Romans 12, verse 1 and verse 2, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Also check Hebrews 13, 12. The scriptures teach us, and I can quote the scripture, holiness without which no man will see the Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are enabled to obey God. Be ye holy, for I am holy, said the Lord. Now, sanctification, there was what considered to be instantaneous sanctification. When you get saved, God instantly delivers you from certain things. And then we know what was considered to be progressive sanctification. As you grow in your faith, you, you, know, you, you drop certain things as you keep growing. But we do believe in sanctification. And God is sanctifying His people daily. Alright? And we ought to be a part of that. Uh, tenthly, 
we believe this and this to be this is to be considerably not a non-negotiable truth. There's a we believe in the church and the mission of the church. We believe in having local church and that there is a mission. The body of Christ in is the inhabitation of God through the Spirit. And we have a divine appointment to fulfill our the Great Commission. So every believer that is born of the Spirit is a part of the general assembly of the firstborn, which is, as written in, uh, which is in, written in heaven according to Ephesians, uh, verse chapter one, verse twenty-three and tw- twenty-two and twenty-three, and Hebrews twelve, thir- twelve twenty-three. Now God has a purpose concerning mankind when He's to save us. All right, uh, that which is lost, mankind is lost, and the purpose of God have for saving us or redeeming us to Himself is considered to be wrapped up in this: to worship. God wants to be worshipped by man. Um, he wants to build up a body of believers in the image of his son. And this to save us, sorry. To save mankind, to, have a, uh, to be worshipped by man and to have a body of believers that we conform or transform into the image of his son. So therefore, the, the, the church or the gathering of the believers, we, we are to be an agency of God for evangelization to, to reach the loss of mankind. Based on Acts, uh, based on, let's look at Matthew 28, uh, verse 19 to 20. Great Commission there again. And also the church is also is to be a corporate body which men can worship God according to First Corinthians twelve thirteen. Also, is to be to be a channel of God's purpose to build the body of sin by perfecting the image of his son, in other words, transforming us into the image of his son, based on Ephesians four, eleven to sixteen and first Corinthians twelve twenty eight, and also first Corinthians fourteen twelve. So, you see, there's, there's a purpose for the church, and we must believe in the purpose of the church and in the mission. I'm telling you, I believe in the church of Jesus Christ and the mission of the church. We must hold these things to be true. And whatever church you go into, you must believe that there's a purpose, there's a church, God installed the church, and there's a purpose that God installed the church for us. So, we must believe that. We also believe in, in the ministry, and this is very important. And, here we believe that God divinely called people based on the scripture and, and they and ordained them to ministry and God and this this ministry has uh, uh, has been provided by our Lord Jesus Christ for a threefold pur- a, three, a threefold purpose any ministry and any person have in the body of Christ is basically for a threefold threefold purpose one is for evangelization to, to evangelize second is to the worship of God. And thirdly, is for the building up of saints by perfecting the image of his son again. Quickly again, let's go again. And I'm, I'm kind of rushing this, but uh, bear with me, please. Uh, thirdly, we, we, we do, twelve, twelfthly, we do believe in divine healing. This is a one I want to spend. I might spend a little time here and do forgive me. This might be a little bit longer podcast, a podcast than normal, but please do forgive me here. Because I really want to get, spend some time, a little bit time here. Divine healing. Believers and friends, healing is not for yesterday. Healing is not gone with the did not died out with the apostles. But there is divine healing. You know, as I begin to talk about this topic, I, I realize the the importance of this this particular topic, and I'm. I'm going to cut this live podcast here today. I'm going to stop at this point. And I, in my next series, which will be loaded up approximately, uh, it's going to be loaded up today also. So you could join this. Will be This segment will actually be divided into two parts. I did not plan it, but it's just spontaneous right here. 
because uh, I really want to spend some more time in the in these several uh, these last few points. So we're gonna end this podcast here. I trust that these points that were shared that you make a note of it, and you do keep it in your scripture in your, in your Bibles and keep refresh yourself on it. All right. So join me next time as we get into another edition of the Word, and we will continue from divine and healing. I want to leave you today with a, just a quick word of prayer, and I hope that whatever has been said here today is able to help you build a life and grow your faith, so you can go out and be effective in your daily lives. Let's look to the Lord in the word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, God, because it was spoken, and we believe that your word would not return unto you void, but we would accomplish that which you sent it forth to. So, Father, wherever we are listening from today, we pray, O oh God, that you will touch us. You bring healing. You bring bring a miracle and bring breakthrough for us and help us to be effective in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, guys, thank you for joining me on this live podcast as I continue the teaching. As I mentioned earlier, I will have to do this particular installment in two parts. I cover 11 fundamental or elementary doctrine in today's teaching. And later this evening, I will be ending out with the last five fundamental doctrines or elementary doctrines. Uh, please do join me as we finish this teaching. All right, remember, I pray that the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and the Lord make His face to shine upon you. And remember to go out in your daily lives and be effective. God bless you.